They say that all in love is fair Oh, but you don't care You'll know what to do When it gets holy of the army of the 12 monkeys. They, they paint this, they stencil this on the sides of buildings everywhere. Have you seen this? Mr. Cole, have you seen this? Why don't you just take your time and try to explain this whole thing from the beginning? Right, right, it's 1990. Okay, that makes sense. They wouldn't have been active yet. Okay. Um. Million people died in 1996 and 1997. Almost the entire population of the world. Only about 1% of us survived. Are you going to save us, Mr. Cole? How can I save you? This already happened. I can't save you. Nobody can. I am simply trying to gather information to help the people in the present trace the path of the virus. We're not in the present now, Mr. Cole? No. 1990 is the past. This already happened. That's what I'm trying to do. Mr. Cole? Mr. Cole? You believe 1996 is the present, then? Is that it? No. 1996 is the past, too. Listen to me. What I... What I... What I need to do is make a telephone call. I, I can straighten this all out if I make a telephone call. Uh, who would you call? Who would straighten everything out? The scientists. They'll want to know that they sent me to the wrong time. I can leave a voicemail message that they monitor from the present. Can I just make one telephone call, please? Please. Thank you, I Fight Dragons, for our intro. Welcome to Time Traveling uh, on the Graphically Novel Network. Uh, my name is Josh Watson, a.k.a. Fallout Fury, and with me is my partner in traveling, my goings. Uh, it's Will. As Will. Will as Will. And my beautiful and intelligent and analytical wife, Anne As Will. Hi. What are you buttering me up for? <laughs> and we are joined uh, in this episode, graced with our presence, Pulled out of her garden for an hour. Uh, it's the beautiful and talented, the Baroness of Miss Jennifer Howard. Hello, friends. <laughs> uh, and today we will be doing 12 Monkeys. Uh, Terry Gilliam yep. takes on time travel. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Haw indeed. Um, so, uh, before we get into that, I just want to point out that I am wearing our first ever merch for this show. <laughs> it is the Big Dumb Sexy Baby shirts. Woohoo! <laughs> from, our, from our Time Machine episode. Uh, you know, patent pending, uh, copyright, and as well. Who doesn't love a Big Dumb Sexy Baby? That's right. That's right. Actually, uh... By the time this airs, uh, this won't be as, it's not really a spoiler, but Adam Warlock is in the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and every time he came on screen, Jen had Big Dumb Sexy Baby running through her head. It's true. <laughs> I just, I almost said it out loud twice, and then I tried to say it out loud to you, and I'm like, I can't be that person in the theater that's like, hey! Big Dumb Sexy Baby! <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting it in my head as, uh, you know, the episode of, uh, of um, Family Guy, mm -hmm. where it's, uh, I'm just a prom night dumpster baby. baby. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Big dumb sexy baby. <laughs> wow. We've created a monster. Yes. <laughs> and it has run through my head pretty consistently <laughs> since we recorded that episode. But, 
today, 12 monkeys. How long has it been? Or has, is there anybody that did not watch this up before this? Okay. So, how long had it been? Uh, fucking probably over 10 years. Yeah, about the same for me, I think. No, because we've watched it recent, like within the past 10 years. Have we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe actually in this house, so within the past six years. Six years, yeah. yeah. Well, probably when we were just like, because every once in a while you're like, Terry Gilliam, everything Terry Gilliam, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Which I still have not seen uh, Brazil. I know, I'm trying to psych you up for Brazil because Brazil is a ride. <laughs> <laughs> it is wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth watching, but it is a ride. And actually, I still, to this day, when I see someone that's had a shade too much obvious plastic surgery <laughs> done, just look to whoever I'm with and hope to God they're on the same page as me. I'm like, Shades of Brazil? Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we need to spend more time together. <laughs> <laughs> I am more than okay with that. So, um, thoughts on, on watching it this time? Holy shit, man. That's that's a heavy movie when you think about it. Yes, and we're going to get into that because there are questions upon questions, yep. and Terry Gilliam on purpose wanted to leave them um, unanswered. Right. Because he's Terry Gilliam. Yep. Right. That's his prerogative. Right. Yes. I do think it's interesting because it's a very <laughs> marked visual shift from a lot of his previous films. It seems very influenced by that whole, like, 90s everything has to be like dark and gritty and grungy sort of thing that we yes. that slipped into in the early half of the decade there um yes absolutely this actually um so my sister is six years younger than i am um and we would watch horror movies together and things like that and this is another movie that the two of us would like yes like my brother who is three years younger than me no, would have nothing to do with like horror movies or anything like that. Like mm -hmm. I tried to watch it with him, the the miniseries when it was on, and like he left, the, he he bounced after after Georgie, like at the very beginning. My sister, who at that point, God, we watched it when I was twelve, so she would have been six, was like, hell yeah, let's <laughs> watch this, and like loved it. Um, but she actually for my birthday one year got me the DVD copy of. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, that was a movie that we watched together. Um, and I don't think I was ready for it because I'm picking up stuff now that I was like never ever would pick up when I was like, you know, in my teens. Right. Um, so many different fucking layers. But we haven't gotten to you, Jen. So, this viewing, did you pick up anything new? Did you? Um, this was probably my fourth or fifth viewing of this movie but before we had watched it together a couple of times it had been a long time that since i had seen it so i would say i probably was watching it with a little more of an eye to look for stuff um and i do feel like i picked up a few things um you know rather than watching it for entertainment i was watching it for critique yes <laughs> well and there are so many things like I don't think I really zoned in on the whole is he crazy or is he actually time traveling right. aspect before. Like that kind of went over my head the first time or the first few times, like when I was younger. But this time I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, I don't think I picked up on the unreliable narrator aspect until I was into my 20s and saw it. And I was like, yeah. That makes so much more sense, because I took it as much more straightforward. I was mm -hmm. just like, well, he says he's time traveling. He's time traveling. Right. And you're a kid. Right. right. And, it, it, and it actually isn't until, I think, until the guy hands him the gun in the airport, like his cellmate, Jose, hands him the gun in the airport, that I'm like, okay, there's no way he could have gotten that gun otherwise. So that obviously he is time traveling now. Um, well, it wasn't. My 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 question was was uh, how do you make um, uh, her Riley yes uh, the female protagonist like believe him and then you see the World War One picture of a bare <laughs> bare ass Bruce Willis 
In the trenches. And the fact that he had the bullet taken out. And also, Photoshop was not that fucking good back in 1996. No, it was not. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And you would have to wait a whole day to download that picture. In other words, if we had a 12 Monkeys scenario right now, where Photoshop is adamant and deepfakes are adamant, even less people would believe you. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Deepfakes, all of that. Use that as provenance. I'm a time travel. Oh, okay. How do you got that? I got the picture of me from this time. Yeah, I can do that too. I can, I can do that on my phone. <laughs> and turn it into a meme. I've got an algorithm for that now. That's right. <laughs> Put me in time travel. <laughs> you're not a time travel. You're chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have. Uh, I should have noticed you were drinking. <laughs> Do not do spit take on expensive equipment. Yeah, well, uh, that expensive in, in italics. Um, <laughs> Air quotes. Air quotes. Italics yeah. would be stress activity. That's true. Sorry. That's it's what weird. you're here for, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the other part of that that I picked up on was the moment that he starts to lose his faith in what is actually going on is when the psychiatrist starts to like believe and so like there's this balance act throughout the movie that I also didn't pick up on um you know at first I was just like oh good now she believes it now they can move on like you know I kind of but if she believes them then they just and they don't know the source of the virus then they have to get the fuck out of there and enjoy the time they have left then right yes and that doesn't go well right and that 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 leads to my question on, is this a time travel movie, or is this really a time loop movie with time travel in it? hmm So, there's this one last particular scene where it's the young James looking up to the sky again, mm-hmm. and it's the plane where the scientist with the virus... And the scientist from the future right. are on the same plane. Which I never remembered that scene. I, I like watching it this time. I was like, was that scene always in there? Because I never remembered the scientist from the future being there as the insurance policy. And I, yeah. And I just considered it as, wait, were they just using Jose and James Cole as the testing groups before they actually sent a certified, qualified person to collect samples from the past? To get the original strain of the virus, take it back to 2035, and then fix right. the future. Right. Because I'm I'm going to assume that James, the young James, looking up the sky, is eventually the idea of him having to sacrifice, mm-hmm. so everybody in 2035 can actually return to the surface. Right. Well, Joe, there's an because argument for it being a time loop movie because you have that paradox of time travel in general, you can't change the past. Right. You can't, because otherwise, then you get to the future, there's no impetus to go back. Right, which right. the which the scientists say from the very beginning. They say you cannot change anything, which is weird to me because obviously he can interact with people. He could change things. He just shouldn't change things. But isn't him, as an adult, going back to when the time when he was a child changing things. Right. Or <laughs> did it change anything? Because yeah. he already has those memories yeah. right. of him dying in the airport. So really it's not, you can't change things as that this has always been. Right. I.e. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but my random thought is, after the re- end results of the loop, James, young James getting older, old James getting sent back, multiple Multiple times and bad transcription issues. Sorry, bulleted like scenario. <laughs> um, eventually, in twenty thirty five, there is hope and there is a cure, and everybody returns to living on the surface, and they don't have to be in the underground bunkers anymore. Right. That's the hopeful end goal. But all we got was you're stuck in this right. particular universe in this particular timeline for these people. They're fucked. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, and they were fucked anyway. Yeah. Like, the, even if that plane, like, goes down or the scientist did something about it, the guy at the security point already made him open the vial. Yeah. 
And so the virus is already loose. Yeah. Then explodes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, I I am leaning more towards the. It would be a time loop if the person realized they were in a time loop. Which, by the time he realizes he's in a time loop, he's about to die. Right. Like, he's seconds away from death because he sees his younger self. Um, so, I would say this is just an unfortunate consequence of time travel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this, uh, this movie actually was uh, based on a French short movie called uh, Le Jet, um, which is a 26-minute movie mostly done with old photographs. Wow. Yeah, yeah. stills of World War Three. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so... I imagine you've seen it. I haven't. I know oh, okay. about it, though. Okay. But, yeah, so it's, like, basically a, an experiment of memory with a guy, and they're showing him still photographs of World War Three, trying to jog his memory. Oh, wow. And, and, yeah, and much the same. There's time travel involved that loops into the guy's own death. Huh. Uh, so, so a producer saw that movie and went, "Hey, Universal, I want to make this as a feature film," mm -hmm. and was shocked when Universal was like, "Yeah, sure." And then <laughs> Terry Gilliam was attached. Terry Gilliam was like, "There's no way the Universal's going to make this." And so Terry Gilliam. In order to get get signed on, because Universal had screwed him so bad a decade earlier with Brazil, mm. with all the cuts, um, said he got final cut for this movie. Good. Um, and that leads us to where originally, his, in his original version, um, where the movie was going to end was Bruce Willis looking at his younger self. And then that was it. So it would be continued to be like dark and and you know, wouldn't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. The scenes with uh, the young James outside and the scientists uh, on the plane mm -hmm. um, were at the behest of the producer to at least film. Gotcha. He's like, we'll film it, see what you think about it, and Terry Gilliam actually was like, okay, like, these are really good. So, ended up putting them in the movie. Mm -hmm. But the original thought that Gilliam had was, Bruce Willis dies and that's the end of the movie, because you have Followed your character to his death. Yeah, and it's it's heavy, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we haven't even talked about Brad Pitt's character yet. Oh yeah, <laughs> all the performances are yes, probably some of the best performances that have ever been drawn out of them. Period. A lot of subtlety. Considering that originally Gilliam wanted Nick Cage in uh, in Brad Pitt's role, too much, too much. <laughs> that would have been so much. He would have eat, eaten the scenery up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I think that Brad Pitt did a great job with that role, um, and you know, prepared him to be much better. <laughs> well, and th yeah, this is this is just one of those roles that. And Brad Pitt's one of those actors that, like, either he's phoning it in or he pulls something out of nowhere. Yeah. And you're like, what? The fuck? what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and actually, he signed on for this movie before uh, Legends of the Fallen Drew the Vampire hit. Wow. So he got paid little money. Oh. That's okay, though. Yeah. Because this was a really good, I think that this was a really good movie for him to be attached to, no matter what his... Yeah, you know, payroll was. I think that it was, you know, Terry Gilliam, and then this movie was huge, and he had a decent role in the movie. Yep. and it was very critically successful. Right. So he got yep. a lot of additional gravitas. Mm -hmm. It was that. his. It was his. Uh, he got our. Uh, yeah, he got Oscar nominated. Yeah. Yep. For this, um, amusingly, so did Angelina Jolie in a role where she was also playing a crazy person. Um, I don't remember what it was. Gia? Girl Interrupted. Time. Maybe Girl Interrupted? I don't know. Was a Girl Interrupted the other movie? Hold mm. on. Shout, shout out, sh shout out to Jason Taylor. Newly, newly married Jason Taylor. We're getting, out, we're getting out the D. I'm getting out the D. Hold on. <laughs> Pulling out the D. The D? 
IMDb. IMDb. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our our many time guest on Graphically Novel, Jason Taylor, started referring to it as the D. <laughs> and at first we were like, Love no, it. no, absolutely not. And then we adopted it. So what year are we looking for here? I don't know. Just check Angelina Jolie. Well, ninety nine is Girl Interrupted. Okay, I believe that. I think that has to be it. Maybe there's no way any of her previous. I mean, she right. She played unstable characters for most of the beginning of her career, but none of them were to the level of Oscar nomination. Right, and I don't think it was the same year. I think it was just a part of IMDb trivia. I just need to go. So, um, one of the, while she looks that up, one of the other things that got up on the D that I find hilarious is Gilliam wanted to pull a performance out of, uh, out of Brad Pitt that he didn't think he had in him Mm -hmm. and gave him like coaches and all sorts of other things. But at the end of the day, all he did was take away Brad Pitt's cigarettes. Oh, that'll do it. So Brad Pitt is Nick Fitting. Oh, makes sense. which... That Does. makes so much sense. <laughs> right? Yeah. Having been there, I'm like, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I get that monkey off your back. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. She was in a crap ton of uh, music videos in the early 90s. Like everyone from the Rolling Stones to the Lemonheads to Meatloaf, Widespread Panic. Wow. Yeah. So, looking towards the end of the 90s, uh... It has to be Girl Interrupted. Pushing Tin, she was in. I don't yeah, know that movie The Bone not. Collector. Then she was in Gone in 60 Seconds. Huh? <laughs> With blonde dreadlocks. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it must have been Girl Interrupted. The 90s were a hell of a time. <laughs> sure as shit wasn't accurate. <laughs> and I enjoy that movie, but I do too. But yes, yeah. Oh, you got fifty-six five modem. <laughs> <laughs> Pack the planet. <laughs> so other things on uh, Twelve Monkeys. Aesthetically, it like it looks clean, but it also looks dirty. Yes. But then again, like your underground compound, it, it feels, and he's also a prisoner. So yeah, you're getting that look off off that off that arc back. And then, great, he gets to time travel to the '90s. Oops, '99 or '90s, Sorry. Yep. Oh, altercation with cops. Oh, mental institution. Fuck, I'm back in the system again. Yep. Yeah. Now I'm talking to crazy people, and turns out the person that is most charming is the most financially connected. When I jump back again to actual 1996, and the dude's like, yeah, man, the 12 monkeys, I was listening to your story, that sounds great, blah, 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 You were the one talking about this virus shit, though, bro. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. The, the uh, subplot of did going back actually cause the idea to, to bloom in the first place, which is obviously left because it's not Brad Pitt's character at all. It is scientist but i do like that subtle like moment that you have of ah shit did all of this happen because of time travel or did initially a virus happen first right then we're in the 2035 scientists are like we have a good idea and then they're like hold the fuck on do we have a good idea here (laughs) because this is time travel Right. I know we're trying to get out of the bunkers, but maybe we just need to do re- research before we throw a man into space <laughs> and rip reality a new one. And then we've created an Ouroboros of a particular universe. Yeah. Right. Yes, absolutely. Uh, because for one person's life, he's he's just going to be in that. Constant like, recycle. That, that, that constant recycle. For everybody else, we get to go on. Yep. You know, one way or another. <laughs> um, yeah, this this movie is such a mindfuck when you start to, like, really start to analyze it. It is. Yeah. I also think it's one of Gilliam's strongest pieces of work. 
just as an all-around level. And I'm a fan, period. Even the batshit crazy, like, I like time bandits. Yeah. I'm not picky. Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Oh, one yeah. Of my so yes. good. It's, it's so entertaining. Rose for the beautiful lady. But <laughs> all of the decisions that are made from the small camera decisions to the performance decisions just wound up into a beautiful piece where all the Dutch angle shots in the uh, mental institution, mental institution right. to lend to that idea of subjective reality Everything and stability. Is yeah. Just, just a little... slightly off kilter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It works so well within the context of the Yeah, film. lots of flat lenses used uh to kind of like still be filming what's going on, but just give you that sense of something is off in a very subtle way. Also, you know how we had the Blair Witch project and it was all the super like jaunty camera? Yeah. This was pre before that, especially with the travel shots. Mm-hmm. In the mental institution, where they're doing the shots, whoever the per the photo the shooting director the just yeah. yeah did a great job there because it's not because if you do it too abruptly or too fast, you're in people like I'm getting burned no, smooth <laughs> yeah 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 I agree while also giving you that unsettled feeling yeah because it's supposed to like and in fact what I noticed was upon this viewing was the most stable and like matter of fact shots are all in the future mm-hmm. which is weird because like the the shots in the past air quotes uh you know 90 and 96 um are are that skewed or different lenses or something to make you feel uneased mm-hmm. whereas even though it is the worst future and like it is very uh Unsettling in its own way, it's shot matter of fact in the future in, in 2035. Which lends credence to your thought that it's time travel and everything therein that can go wrong. Yes. Yeah, this is this is out of the movies that we've done, this is the worst case scenario kind of uh, <laughs> you know, time travel movie. Which I think makes it a little more realistic because it explores like yeah, that's a great thought and everything, but what happens when this? Yeah, absolutely. Get a time traveler that our current time that uh, didn't know they had COVID and they went to. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of like what we were talking about during during the time machine. Though. Yeah, like he brings back that flower. Yeah, uh, and I'm like, you don't know what's on that flower. Yeah, you don't know what future like diseases, pollen. He doesn't know what's on. Him. Right? Also true. Yeah. 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 Also true. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he went in the river. He was touching all those people. That's true. He ate their food. This place was nuked a couple kind of times, I'm going to assume. <laughs> God help him if there was a fade to black scene and he actually had sex with this big dumb sexy baby. Oh, how do we feel about this? Uncomfortable. Chris Hansen is right behind there, right now. <laughs> he walks out he of the time machine. He, he, he walks out of the time machine with some chocolate chip cookies and a six pack of uh, wine coolers. Chris Hansen shows up. Can I, can I talk to you over here? What? No, I was just visiting. Chris Hansen shows up with the with the phone in Bill and Ted time machine. He's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, not on my watch, bitch. <laughs> Maybe he leaves his friends behind to go back to the back to the future. <laughs> and then he comes back and it's like that Poopy Land episode of Rick and oh, Morty God. where he created the Wolf Professor. <laughs> yeah. She comes back and her childhood friend has been mating with all the imaginary animals. Uh, <laughs> Just God. horrible mutations everywhere. <laughs> so I've been through, other than the three questions, I've been through kind of my thoughts on on Twelve Monkeys. Is there anything else that people want to not cool that he kidnapped her um, and put well, her in the trunk for a bit. Yeah, there's some there's some definite like okay if you could affect the past, uh you fucked it. Yeah. A couple of times. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. And you know. legit, like Jose gets thrown like I can't believe the fucking scientists were like, Yeah, this is a great idea, we'll throw people back there. Hey, what happened? I was in a war. 
Um, there was a lot of bombs. Um, can we not do that again? I was supposed to be in 1996 in America. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. Jose, Jose's story is like, is like a sequel that I kind of want to see. Oh, yeah. But I'm also the guy that kind of wants to see a, a movie about Q in uh, in James Bond. Yeah. Like, what kind of shit does he get into? Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So oh, the technician? Yes. Like, watching back, like, James, like, reports of James' last mission and being like, this motherfucker's gonna kill himself. I need to. <laughs> I need to make a card. He did what with the Aston Martin? Does he know how much money that fucking <laughs> yeah, no, costs? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, this motherfucker needs like uh, a shock vest to keep his heart going because <laughs> he's gonna OD on something or somebody's gonna poison him or something's gonna happen. He keeps having all of this unprotected sex with all these bitches. Yeah, we. That's gonna come back to bite him. A vasectomy. B really, there's an inner lining of his dick that's just a condom. <laughs> a mambo number five song, but it's like Bond, it like James Bond listing off all the women right? he's been with. <laughs> a little bit of lots of pussy in my. <laughs> little bit of Christmas, what I need. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Christmas comes twice this year. <laughs> Plenty O'Toole. I was like, really? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. This is cringy. You realize this was written by a cis white British man in the 40s, right? Yeah, but then it, like, they took the concept and they converted it into all these, like, great, we're talking about Bond franchise, but it's fair. But then they're like, we'll make all these cringeworthy names for all these women that are supposed to be just like, Things in this universe, in the Bond universe, and not actual people. Yeah. And you rarely, if ever, asked for consent from what I was getting with a lot of the James Bond movies. He just sort of like goes for he it. He just shows up. Yeah. Bond is another one that we've talked about doing, like for a show, going he's through the all of the Bond spy, movies. Though it makes me mad because people he are like, you know, a spy like James Bond, and like he's not a spy. He's so fucking obvious. He draws attention wherever he goes. If anything, he's a stalking horse, but they never actually cover that. Yeah. 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 Everybody knows who he is. <laughs> That's not a he's the He's the person that walks into a room and everyone turns to pay attention. That's a terrible spy. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's... Uh, actually, we just watched Hobbs and Shaw. That's what you oh brought up. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we still uh, haven't watched that yet. We should watch oh, it. Oh, you should God. watch it. There's, oh, a, there's a scene where a guy is like, you're a spy and you're a cop. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? And he's like, he's like, he uh, like doesn't bring any attention to himself. You do nothing but bring attention to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, back to uh, back to Twelve Monkeys. Um, Gilliam's original uh, thoughts were that Nick Nolte was going to play Cole and Jeff Bridges was going to play Cole. Jesus I'm Christ. so glad that the casting ended up going the way it was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was uh, that was a universal uh, decision. They were like, yeah. And in fact, in order for him to get uh, final cut, the studio said, fine, then you have to cast Bruce Willis, who was big, huge, big at the time. Huge, huge yeah. at the time, yeah. My mom had such a big crush on him. I had a friend that had a huge crush on him, and to the extent that he went to see him perform in his band when he came to Chicago. Yeah. I was unaware that he considered himself a musician. He have you not seen Hudson Hawk? No, the whole, it was Bruno. I and have. I blocked that out for my own protection. It's yeah. erased from my mind. Yeah, the, the, whole, the whole Bruno thing. No, Bruno and the Moonlighters, maybe even worse, because it's a throwback to the TV series. Yeah. With Sybil Shepherd. Oh. <laughs> yep. All fair. Yeah, I don't remember them. Could be tweeted on a star. <laughs> <laughs> I I will never apologize for fucking loving Hudson Hawk. Oh my god, I love Hudson Hawk so much. But he sings in it all the time. Nothing wrong with that. I mean it's Sarah it's kinda. It, it's it's just a scotch above like the naked gun kinda. Yeah, it's, it's trying true. to feel to it. 
Oh, uh, yeah. People that had albums. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Willis, Eddie Murphy had a had an album, a music album. Yeah. Oh, my God. So the band name was The Accelerators. <laughs> and he went by Bruno Rad- Radolini Smooth in the band. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Wendy's. Sir, no. <laughs> Can I get the name for your cup? Like, Starbucks wouldn't even accept that. That was a choice. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. So it was a blues band. I didn't know this part. And at that in the early 90s, he and his then wife, Demi Moore, were investors in Planet Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And his band would play at the opening of New Planet Hollywood. <sighs> Alongside Dog Star. Uh. <laughs> Dog Star. And he put yeah, out three band. albums. I mean, that's better than only getting one, I guess. All right. We're going far enough down this rabbit hole. It's time to see if they're on Spotify. Oh, Accelerators, you said? Yes, the Accelerators. What did Madeline Stowe do after this one? Did she do anything? Let me check. Like, I remember her from this. I remember her from Last of the Mohicans, and then she sort of disappeared. At least in my brain. Yeah, that might be because she's being very unfair to her career, though. Come on, IMDb. Revenge. Uh, she did so that came out even earlier. The General's Daughter, uh, 1999. I don't remember that. But we Were Soldiers, 2002. Bad Girls, Oh, she was in Bad Girls. I like that. It's not good, but I like the it. The Two Jakes, 1990. Oh, Mom watched her on that show. Avenging Angelo? <laughs> 2002? Yeah, she's still, like, her most Ooh. recent... Oh, Imposter, no. 2001. I actually remember that one. There are actually several bands called The Accelerators. Oh, boy. Well, nothing like originality. Right? Uh, Which one has? Nope, this is 2015. Yeah. So, obviously not. Yeah, the podcast. It's 2007. No, I'm avoiding the podcast. I don't think they made it to Spotify, y'all. I don't think so either. You're telling me I can't listen to Bruce Willis's <laughs> Something Smooth and the Accelerators experience? Bruno. Bruno. Rattellini. I think the Rattellini Smooth. <laughs> it's worse than Chris Gaines. <sighs> Oh, except there is the return of Bruno from ah, 1987, yes. and ah. if it don't kill you, it makes you stronger from 1989, so yeah. you oh. can just listen to his albums themselves. Hmm. The facial expression yeah. on the cover of The Return of Bruno. That yeah, is, that was, it's me. That's a still from Moonlighting. Yes, it absolutely <laughs> is. Yeah, it's me, Bruce Willis. <laughs> Talking about the Taylor Swift album, but that's gonna be out of the recording. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I talk about Tay Tay all day. I even got some rose to talk about Tay Tay all day. Oh, you got the rose to talk about Tay Tay all day? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yes, I can oh, do yes and. Anne's, Anne's look is just like straight like divorce. <laughs> like the new album <laughs> she dropped is fucking fire. Yeah. The beats are fucking sick. It's true. That's not what we're talking about. Sorry. Uh, monkeys. 12 monkeys. 12 of them. <laughs> Turns out, the 12 monkeys group, we just wanted to release some animals. Yes, and lock his father up in a cage. <laughs> Don't we all want to lock our father up in a cage? Or I don't. I want to lock my mother up in a cage. Ah, gotcha. Well, I mean... I don't care to lock any of my I don't. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Despite all her rage, she's still just a Puerto Rican woman in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, they're also talking about the Cassandra, was it the Cassandra effect? Or the Cassandra? Yes, Cassandra effect. And in fact, we haven't talked about, there is four seasons of a TV show that was made 
out of this premise. And Four seasons. I remember hearing about the TV show. Yeah, I remember yeah. hearing about it. I don't, I don't know. I did never watch any of the episodes. And they changed the doctor's name to Cassandra in that. Wow. Oh, man. That was, yeah. I a little I too love, literal there. I <laughs> love the, the audio environment where people could actually hear you literally just slap your head. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> really? <laughs> What's your name? On the nose. <laughs> what does it say about Eastern Captain Obvious? <laughs> oh, that it was filmed in East Penn State Penitentiary? They, I didn't realize that they filmed in Eastern State Penn. Yep. Yeah. I wonder if they had any weird experiences on set, because that prison is notoriously haunted. I don't know. Unless, but, yeah, they, they talk about how there's a, there was an escape attempt and it ended quickly, but in real life, Many, many people escape from that prison. So oh. many people. Another thing, and it's either unintentional or intentional. This movie, even though it's about time travel, it it's bringing up, you know, the mental health situation that was going on in 1995. So there, it's in the 1996 scene, so talking about Cassandra, yeah. the Greek mythological figure. Yeah, yeah. But yes, like, you didn't mean uh, Reagan just being like, ah, just close all of the asylums and the Underfundum and crazy over people just go away. And, yeah, fine. Reagan had so he many some good jelly beans. ideas, y'all. <laughs> yeah, Reaganomics. They were. Well, I'm gonna tell you, it happened after he was president too. It well, happened yes. in the '90s, where you mean where we re-elected yeah. his yeah. vice president yeah. to be the president. Yeah. <laughs> because I remember living in a neighborhood where there was a facility and they had to close their doors and they essentially gave all the residents a bag with a change of clothes, a sandwich, Jesus. bus tokens, and $20 and put them on the streets. Yeah, that'll set them up for future success. Yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't, I mean, that was going above and beyond. They didn't they have didn't anything. Have, they didn't have they anything else they could do. Right. Yeah, so I don't blame the facility. I blame right. the government. Because that's what we always blame. Well, because they're the light. Right. They're in the place. <laughs> right. They like to distract from that. But. Damn it. And also, yeah, like, since... God fucking... Damn, these scientists. A bunch of dumbasses are like, hey, let's send a person that's already has, like, a violent history here, and I'm not sure if they know about him seeing himself getting gunned down or not. Yeah. But they know... They know he's got a history of violence. So yeah, let's send that guy with history of violence into the past and see how that works out for us for research data. Right? Oh, you're very observant, Mr. Cole. Uh, is he? <laughs> Thanks for eating a spider. <laughs> insects are a good source of protein. <laughs> What's well, exactly what spiders it is. aren't insects. Right. Ugh. But honestly, if you if you took the same concept and you made this an anime, it'd work too. I mean, yeah, real fucking mindfuck. I probably wouldn't watch it. Yeah, but yes. You don't need to make everything an anime. No, but I'm just thinking about like there was a this run on a show called Garon Logan where well, where they were they were on a planet where the human civilization was majority underground until they found a mech suit thingy. <laughs> Love ah boss. Hey. <laughs> Fair. Garon Logan is not a good show. It's an okay show. Do you want anime hate? That's how we get anime hate. Oh, no, they can bring right it on, oh, okay. and I will right fucking okay. fight them over Gurren Lagann being a right. mid-show at best. Alright. And I like anime. Also, I don't know who the fuck said Demon Slayer Season 2 was mid, but they need to get their head checked. We're not here to talk about that. We'll watch that later. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if you do enjoy anime, they are doing the Swordsmith Village arc now. Yeah. Yeah. To fight the Inter. I can't do 99.9% okay. of anime, and I work for Bandai. Ah, uh, that's fair. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I can't do that. <laughs> but, um, all right, well, let's let's hit the three the three questions. First, let's talk about the science of time travel in this. Uh, um, we don't actually ever see what the science is. Yeah, they just put them in, like... sort of a machine that also sort of looks like the CT machine that's seen when they're doing the CT in the hospital, but that's about it. Yeah. They're like, it's a machine. Right. It's not very accurate. 
like a fax machine. It'll, <laughs> it'll get you somewhere. <laughs> We're aiming for 1996. You either land in 1990 or World War II. <laughs> maybe it's in 1990, maybe it's 1919, right. who knows? Right. Um, so they have to figure out their longitudes and longitudes and obviously yes. like get the points optimized. Right. right. Um, they, they do a couple fast fires. <laughs> God um, damn it, who picked up the phone? <laughs> I had to explain to somebody what dial-up was recently, and I explained, it's like, imagine you stabbed a robot. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. That's the science. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, science science is non-existent, really. Yeah. Uh, how fun is the movie? Kind of a downer, but it's like, it, it'll, it, it makes you think. It is enjoyable, yes. I will say. Yeah. It is an enjoyable movie. Um, you know. Yeah. Fun's not the word, but it's definitely an experience, and it keeps you invested. Yeah. yeah. I, for for keeping me invested, I would put it above the time machine. For sure. Um, probably below Back to the Future. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't watch this and then go to sleep. Like, watch this. <laughs> don't let your mind process this in your subconscious. Yeah. <laughs> watch this early, then do like a Pixar movie as a palate cleanser, so you get play a better some, sleep. Yeah. yeah. Play some video games. Yeah. <laughs> I would maybe put it higher on the engaging scale. Then Back to the Future, I think it's more engaging. Enjoyability is going to go to Back to the Future because, God, it's nice to have a little levity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which we will eventually get to when we do Bill and Ted as the finale of this <laughs> The most levity. Now, yeah. see, for enjoyability, I would put this at the top. I am not a fan of Back to the Future. It It's schlocky to me, mm-hmm. and I just, it, for me... I prefer dark and gritty. That's enjoyable for me. Yeah. So I put this at the top. Yeah, and, and our next show is going to be the butterfly effect. So we have, <laughs> we have really kind of just put the two. Oh, we're getting schlocky, folks. Well, we're getting dark, too. Yeah. Have, dark schlocky. I have yeah. never Works. seen it. Okay, Woo! excellent. Now, um, I will admit, being fully forthcoming, that I have an unreasonable and inexplicable grudge against Ashton Kutcher. So, like, <laughs> I am set to dislike this movie no matter what, and did I did when Amanda? I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, no? Oh, okay. Because I actually know people that grew up in Amana and grew up with Ashton Kutcher, and we're like, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> then I stand by my assessment. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Elijah Wood grew up in Cedar Rapids, and he's a wonderful Everyone guy. loves Elijah Wood. That's right. Come on. I don't know why everyone looked at me when you said that. I'm like, I don't care. Ashton Kutcher, Elijah Wood, whatever. (laughs) Well, he was in, uh, what was the detective, holistic detective? Yes, I did. Gently holistic detective. Loved, loved that series. Uh, And it was as enjoyable as the books, which I have never experienced in any Douglas Adams content before, because I went into it very weary. Uh, Because I love the books. Okay, Mm -hmm. never read the books. They're but very he only wrote two. He wrote two. Yeah. There was yeah. Dirk Gently's Holistic, the Holistic Detective Agency, which is fun, and then The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul, which is a work <laughs> of fucking art. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll have to put that on the list. Uh, finally, um, the space-time continuum. Uh, does this really, I think by him, Cole just doing his own loop, that actually prevents any damage to the space-time continuum. But mm-hmm. what do you guys think? So my judgment of the avoiding damage to the space-time continuum is, so the ultimate rule of time travel on this is broken. They're different times. Mm-hmm. They're on different timelines, but the same person is interacting within the same timeline, regardless of that they're on different points, which is historically in, like, any of the literature about the problems of time travel, that's a big no-no. Uh, yeah. So I would say that little James shooting himself and killing himself is what ultimately protects the timeline the most in this. Little because James? They shouldn't be oh, just to, little James just being, like, They blank. shouldn't be able to exist in the same place at the same time because they are the same person. 
Right. Gotcha. He shouldn't be able to give him his younger self trauma by dying in front of him. Right. Yeah. But that is probably what ultimately prevents damage to the timeline the most, because they're not existing in the same physical place for too very long. Right. It's not like uh, uh, Jennifer seeing her older self and fainting, or Doc Brown having an entire conversation with himself. Mm -hmm. Even better if, like, uh, James, uh, so this is just observational here, uh, trauma doesn't define all of us, but honestly, if you have a bad experience in something, you're probably going to avoid it in the future. So if a young kid sees somebody gets gunned down in an airport, would your older self want to be in an airport every any time in the future? I know I wouldn't. I'd be like, especially if you're still dreaming about it. Hey, there's a virus, blah, 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 blah. Let's take the bus. Bus is an option. Let's just take a bus. But then again, they're probably trying to avoid the cops because he's, right. you know, on the loop, you know. Wanted. Wanted. Yeah. Playing dead or alive. <laughs> well, his older self is dead. His younger yep, self yep, is yep. alive, so... Both dead and alive. <laughs> or maybe... You just exposed me to Bon Jovi and made another person expose me to Bon Jovi. I <laughs> feel bad. <laughs> what if it was Brown Jovi? Yeah, there you go. Just Bon Jovi. Oh. Or maybe, because we have both a young version of James and an older version of James occupying near the same space, the universe is like, this needs to course correct. Or the scientists from 2035 are like, oh, you got rid of your tracking thing. San Jose with a gun. Yes. <laughs> right. Which is really what happened. And he's like, oh, I have gun? I could shoot person. This all problem, right? No. <laughs> no, it does not. He could have just chilled out. He could have been like, no thanks, Jose. What? Which again? No way, Jose. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, and, and that whole part to me, because the scientists said you can't really change anything, but they sent Jose with a gun. Yeah. Like, go shoot the guy that's going to have the virus. But what? Yeah. But no? So did they always send him? Right. Did they always intend to kill him? That might have been the scientists just fucking making chess moves, because, you know, they've got control of the systems. They've got control of time travel stuff. And they sent I mean, Jose in the vaguest sense. James yeah. and God knows how many other people in the past to figure this stuff out. And they're right. like, now we've got lady scientists from twenty thirty five hanging out with this main scientist on the on the plane, so they have control. Yeah, and, and again, the virus has already been released at that point. Sorry, yeah. Right. So, you know, even if Bruce Willis shoots him, it doesn't change anything. Right. Yeah, this movie's such a yeah. <laughs> but I And in the end, no one really gets what they want. Yeah. They don't get samples. So well the scientists may have gotten a sample. Maybe. We don't know. Yeah, it's open ended at that point. Right. Like were they they're probably leaving maybe for a sequel or maybe for some kind of book sequel. It wouldn't have been for a sequel. But Harry Gilliam doesn't operate like it that. It would have been a diminishing yeah. return, let's be honest. Yeah. Like yeah. how can you follow up from that? It's kind of a down note. It's a film noir scenario. I don't know. The more we talk about it, the more I wish that Harry Gilliam had gotten his way. And I was going to say, I think that original and, ending, yeah. and ending it at the death sounds better and better the more yeah. I think about it. Yeah, because the, the actual ending is what a producer would want for American audiences who have to have some sort of closure. They have to Absolutely. have some closure. And, you know, even if it's not a happy ending, they've got to have an ending. Mm-hmm. That they can like say, oh, and then this happened instead of like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's like that's like my main bitch about the whole Squid Game thing, and then doing a season two and that. I'm like, no, this doesn't happen in K-dramas. They just tell a story. Like we didn't need to do any of this bullshit. It was depressing enough the first time. Yeah, and with Why? Squid Game, I've got a lot of questions too. It's like, so you, who just recently got a shitload of motherfucking money, think? With no established networks, no step, you know, no established organization or ops or research, that you can take down all these other established rich motherfuckers. Yeah, that's not how that works. Good luck. Yeah, I just think greed and traditional expectations 
can ruin the ability to tell a perfectly good and complete story. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, going back to anime, I will say that the Cowboy Bebop being what it was, yeah, twenty five episodes in a movie, perfect. That's all we yeah. Needed. Want to watch more One Piece? No. <laughs> Micah is still trying to convince me, my 13-year-old nephew, that I need to watch One Piece from catch up with him. And I'm like, listen, I am not watching 900 episodes of anything. One, one Piece no. was one of the animes I had to watch to make a collectible card game so for sorry. Bandai. One Piece, Zatch Bell, uh, uh, Teen Titans, the original one. Nice. That, that was That's good. Um, Gundam. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm not. What was the last? Oh, a shit ton of Digimon. A that lot, sounds about right. A lot of Digimon. <laughs> we'll make a card game out of it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Pretty sure I expressed all of my opinions on all of those animes, just by my facial expression, which was largely <laughs> ick. Yeah. While I stared off into the middle distance. Right. Thinking about uh, sandwiches. Playing. <laughs> sandwiches are good. Sandwiches are really good. <laughs> I know. I have an idea. Let's have sandwiches. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that covers fun, science. Yep. That's our three. And, and what space they did time. Space time. Yeah. Yep. In a localized area, it looks like they fucked it, but then eventually. It- I guess it heals itself. I think it just yep. doesn't really have ultimately any effect. It's just know. a waste of a lot of time and effort and years spent trying to escape mental institutions. So Jen has said that she hasn't seen the butterfly effect, which is our next. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen it? Yes. I have seen it in bits and pieces because my friends liked it. And so I proceeded to get drunk and verbally abusive towards the television. I will not do that this time and will watch with a critical eye. Let's take over. I will recommend the director's cut. Okay. Um, I, I, and we'll go over reasons why in the actual episode. Um, because the director's cut has what I think is the greatest ending of a time travel movie. Oh, yeah. oh no. Oh no, I remember this. They include that in the cut? Yeah, they me. sure do. I heard about that. I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to mention it here. <laughs> so, uh, until that discussion, yeah. everybody, tune in next time when we will be doing the butterfly effect and take it away. I fight dragons. Power up.
Hold you. 